everyone, and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, which is part of the Edge Sports family. This weekend is the divisional round of the playoffs, the last week with eight or more teams playing this NFL season. Kind of makes me a little bit sad there, but there's still a few more weeks of great DFS action for you. I'll try to help you with your efforts with that today by reviewing the player venues, the forecasted weather, and the defensive opponents for the divisional games, and I'll get that started with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks with my favorite matchups this week include Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Jimmy Garoppolo, the four quarterbacks playing at home this week. Not that coincidental since home matchups tend to help fantasy quarterbacks in general. Of that group, I think Mahomes actually has the best matchup at home against the Texans. The Texans are the number 26 DVOA pass defense. And even though J.J. Watt probably makes it more likely that they'll get to Mahomes and sack him a few times, the Texans are still a pretty plus matchup even with Watt in the lineup. Overall, they increased pass plays by 8% and then passing touchdowns by 28% per attempt. Mahomes actually jumps over Lamar Jackson given their relative matchup changes into my number one quarterback spot this week. He's just number two in DraftKings at $7,500, so I would definitely include him in a lot of your lineups this week. Rodgers actually sees the biggest bump here for me at home against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the number 15 DVOA pass defense and mostly neutral, although they cut passing touchdowns a little bit at 27%. Uh, That said, Rodgers has been much better at home than on the road this season, and much more so than in traditional seasons. He averaged 4.1 more fantasy points per game at home this year than on the road, 0.8 since 2017. I think that is more than just a blip over the small sample. I think this could be a reflection of how Matt LaFleur runs this offense and tends to rely a little bit more on Aaron Jones and fewer passing attempts against certain types of opponents. I don't think that'll be the case this week. So the major concern here is really weather-related. Right now, the forecast in Green Bay is for a 19-degree kickoff temperature, obviously very cold. But the chances of snow have fallen to just 15% as I'm recording this on Wednesday. So I don't think that's a major concern. And Rodgers has actually bucked the general trends, which I'll get to in a little bit, for quarterbacks throwing in cold weather without precipitation. He's averaged between 20.7 and 21.3 fantasy points per game in buckets of below 30-degree temperatures, temperatures between 30 and 50 degrees, and temperatures above 50 degrees since 2009, so over a very extended sample. I think Rodgers is going to be okay in the cold weather, played in it before, should be fine, and I ended up ranking him third of the position this week, which is two spots higher than the $6,500 price on DraftKings suggests. He's a quarterback that I would definitely build my lineups around this week as well. And for Jackson, you know, he's the number one quarterback on DraftKings at $8,400. I have him second, so a little bit lower, but I'm not going to run away from using him here at home against the Titans. The Titans are the number 21 DVOA pass defense compared to number 10 DVOA run defense, so they actually will likely increase Jackson's pass attempts this week. In general, they increase pass plays by 5%. They do decrease passing touchdowns a little bit by 10%, but not a major concern here. To me, again, weather is the bigger concern. They're going to get mild temperatures this weekend in Baltimore of 63 degrees, but they're 14 to 20 mile per hour forecasted sustained wins for this game. Wind makes it harder for quarterbacks to complete passes, especially down the field. Could be a little bit of an issue, but I think it's going to be a bigger concern for Ryan Tannehill than for Lamar Jackson, given Jackson's proclivity to run the ball and run in touchdowns. I think he's pretty safe as my number two quarterback this week. And then finally, of the top quarterback matchups, Jimmy Garoppolo at home against the Vikings. Probably the least favorable of the home quarterbacks given their defensive opponents this week. The Vikings are the number seven DVA pass defense. Uh, they decrease passing yards and touchdowns by 6% and 24% respectively, although they counterbalance a little bit of that damage by increasing pass plays by 6%. But still, Garoppolo wins up just my number six quarterback this week. Still a slight step up from his number seven ranking among DraftKings quarterbacks at $5,600, but he isn't necessarily a quarterback I'm eager to build lineups around this week. 
Meanwhile, the quarterbacks with the worst matchup this week include the aforementioned Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. I actually want to start with Wilson because he's has that really interesting matchup at, uh, on the road against the Packers this week. Uh, the weather is probably going to play a pretty big factor here. The 19 degrees, again, the lack of snow. But Wilson doesn't have the same sample of games like Rodgers does to suggest whether he's going to be a good or bad passer in cold weather. That said, I did find three games in his career, including one playoff game, where he's played in temperatures below 30 degrees, and it has not fared very well for him. In particular, in 2016 against the Packers in Green Bay, he uh, had one touchdown against five interceptions and threw for 240 yards that week. Maybe that's not necessarily predictive, but overall, he's averaging just a 56.7% completion percentage, 187 passing yards, 1.3 passing touchdowns, and 2.0 passing interceptions when playing in cold weather. And those three games are against the 2014 Chiefs, the 2015 Vikings, and the 2016 Packers, who all are between the number 11 and number 23 DVOA pass defense. So I don't think it was necessarily the defenses in those matchups. It was really probably more the weather and the fact that he was playing on the road, which he's playing on this week. More generally, Wilson does play a lot better at home for fantasy production than he does on the road. 5.9 more fantasy points per game at home this season uh, than on the road. 2.4 since 2017. So it's a lot of factors here that are kind of pointing you in the direction that maybe he's not the right start here. And I will say, you know, you probably don't want to put too much stock in just a three-game sample. But quarterbacks in general do split along those temperature lines, too. Scoring 14.6 fantasy points per game on average below 30 degrees. 15.4 between 30 and 49 degrees, and 15.8 above 50 degrees. This is something that makes a difference for most quarterbacks, just not Aaron Rodgers. So all of those factors end up bumping Wilson down to my number five quarterback this week, whereas his $6,600 price in DraftKings makes him fourth at the position on DraftKings, and I would definitely avoid him this week. If you do want to use a quarterback on the road, I'd probably advise you to go with Deshaun Watson. He's on the road against the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs do have a markedly better pass defense, number six in DVOA, than run defense, number 29. But they also tend to build big leads in game and increase pass plays by 6%. So they may end up in a situation here for the Texans where they have to pass a lot, and that leads to more Deshaun Watson fantasy points. That said, Watson, like Wilson, has a pretty extreme home road split. He averaged 4.1 more fantasy points per game at home this season than on the road, and he has 2.2 more at home been on the road since 2017. I ranked him fourth at the position this week, whereas DraftKings has him third with a $6,700 price. So I don't necessarily want him, but I would prefer him over Wilson. And then for Cousins and and Ryan Tannehill, I don't think you're probably likely to start either of these guys unless you're just trying to save some money at quarterback. Don't love their matchups, though. Cousins playing against the 49ers. They're the number two DVOA pass defense. They decrease pass plays by 10% in discrete passing yards and touchdowns by 19% and 12% per attempt. Tannehill gets the Ravens, kind of a similar situation here, number 40 VOA pass defense. They decrease pass yards and touchdowns by 10% and 42% respectively. Tannehill has also averaged a lot more fantasy points per game at home this year than on the road, although it doesn't have the, the multi-year sample with the Titans to, to make that a definitive trend. That said, I still have them number seven and number eight at the position this week, uh, and I wouldn't advise using them in, in DraftKings or daily in general. Let's pivot over to talk running backs, where my favorite matchups this week include Aaron Jones, Damian Williams, Travis Homer, and Marshawn Lynch, and uh, Duke Johnson. For Aaron Jones, this is that Seahawks matchup that I advised was not too bad for Aaron Rodgers, but it's definitely a plus matchup for Jones in the running game here. The Seahawks are number 26 in DVOA run defense. They allow 51 yards per game to receiving backs. This is the fourth most in football. 
And they increased rushing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 13% and 67%. Pretty market increase there. All of which jumps Jones up to my number one running back this week, ahead of, I think, the probably consensus options, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook in the position. I'll get to them in a little bit later. But in the meantime, Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch in the same game on the road in Green Bay here. I think they actually have a pretty plus matchup here too. The colder temperatures probably skew a little bit more of the of the pass run splits towards the run, which I think helps both of these players. And even though they were pretty ineffective last week, that was against the number four DVA run defense uh, in, in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Packers are not nearly so fearsome against the run. They're just number 23 in DVOA there versus uh, number 10 in DVA pass defense. So this actually may be a little bit tougher spot for Wilson than it will be for Homer and Lynch. Uh, interestingly, though, I found that Homer was the more expensive option in DraftKings at $5,100 versus $4,800 for Lynch. And I mean, I guess I understand why. Uh, Homer's been the one that's been more involved in the passing game, something that leads to a lot more fantasy points. But Pete Garrell already announced that Lynch is going to see a little bit more action this next week. And I think given the relative differences between the run defense for the Eagles and the Packers. Lynch is actually my choice to be the better fantasy option this week. And that makes him definitely the more appealing option for you in DraftKings. I have him seventh at the position. For Damian Williams and the Chiefs, I mean, I think your guess is as good as mine how this workload's going to split out. LaShawn McCoy didn't play either the last two weeks, but I assume Andy Reid was just trying to rest him to get him ready for the playoffs. That said, Damian Williams still produced almost 250 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns over the last two weeks. So I'm back to assuming that he's more or less the workhorse running back for this team. Could definitely be wrong, but I'm hoping I'm right because this is a very appealing matchup against the Texans. They're number 22 in DVOA run defense and number 27 in DVOA defense against receiving backs. They actually allow 56 yards per game to receiving backs, the second most at the position, something that Damian Williams ought to be able to convert into some pretty good fantasy numbers. As such, I have him ranked fourth at the position. That's a little bit better than he's showing in DraftKings at $6,000. Although, again, I don't have the same confidence here that I do with some of these other players. So maybe more of a tournament option than like an every lineup type of player. And then finally, I want to mention Duke Johnson for the Texans. He's on the road of the Chiefs, as I just mentioned. And I think given the Chiefs' bad run defense, they're number six in DVOA run defense versus number 29 in DVOA pass defense. Um, I mean, sorry, I had that backwards. The number 29 DVOA run defense versus number six DVOA pass defense. I think that means a lot of players are going to want to rely on Carlos Hyde this week. But you have to consider the potential for game scripts here. If the Chiefs go up big, then it's going to be hard for, for the Texans to rely on the traditional running game if they need to play catch up. And I actually think that makes Johnson the safer choice between the two running backs. The Chiefs also allowed 58 yards per game to receiving backs as the most in football. And so I think Johnson could have a sneaky good game here as well. And I ranked him number 10 at the position, a little bit higher than his $4,700 prize in DraftKings, which suggests he would be ranked. Let's pivot over to the running backs with the worst matchups this week. And as I teased, it's actually the two running backs you would most want to use, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Now, Henry definitely overcame what was a relatively bad matchup last week against the Patriots, but game script enabled him to do so. He actually ended up with 35 touches, and it doesn't really matter how efficient you are over that kind of volume. You're going to score fantasy points. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for him to do the same against the Ravens, although the Ravens do have a similar sort of split as the Patriots with a, with a better pass defense than run defense. They're number 19 in DVA run defense. But the Ravens tend to build leads, and that's led to them cutting run plays for their opponents by 18%. And I think that's a much bigger concern here for Henry than it was last week. If they end up going up like multiple touchdowns like they have against multiple opponents this season, then suddenly Henry may be only getting, you know, 15 to 20 touches, something that would dramatically limit his fantasy potential. I don't think it hurts him too much, but I dropped him to number two at the position this week behind Aaron Jones. 
And I think Jones is the safer play as somebody that contributes both as a runner and as a receiver. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook on the road here against the 49ers, kind of a similar story again. They're the number two DVOA pass defense, but number 11 DVOA run defense. They cut rushing touchdowns by 22% per attempt. So the good defense maybe doesn't make it that hard to produce yards, but Cook may get fewer opportunities and fewer opportunities to score facing that stout defense. As such, he ends up number three for me at the position, whereas his DraftKings price of $8,000 makes him the second most expensive running back. I wouldn't necessarily avoid either Cook or Henry this week, but they aren't my favorite values of the position, if that makes sense. Okay, next up, let's talk about wide receivers. My favorite wide receiver matchups this week include Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders of the 49ers. For Hill, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure there are really that many defenses that can match up with him and his speed, but I definitely don't think the Texans are one of them. They allow 76 yards per game to number one receivers. That's the ninth most in football. They increase pass plays by 8% and passing touchdowns by 28% per attempt. And so Hill seems like a player who may get deep for a touchdown here, could score a ton of fantasy points. I think it's justifiable that he's the number two wide receiver in cost on DraftKings at $7,600. Would definitely consider putting him in my lineup. Although that said, I think Samuel is probably the best value of these players with good matchups playing against the Vikings. It's actually interesting here split to see here with Samuel and Sanders uh, because Samuel is the less expensive player at $5,200 in DraftKings, but I think pretty clearly the more attractive option in fantasy, regardless of price. I ranked him fifth this week while I ranked Sanders 11th. I just don't really understand that split given their relative workload since November. But that said, probably worth pointing out the Vikings, even though they have a top 10 overall DVOA pass defense, they're just number one, uh, number 21 in DVOA defense against number one receivers and allow 77 yards per game to number one receivers, the seventh most in football. Their strengths are probably more away from the top receiver. I mean, they're, they've had some, some struggles at cornerback in recent weeks, especially against those top guys. And I think Samuel is that guy, given his workload over the last few months. So he's somebody that I'm definitely going to put in a lot of my lineups. And I'm not running away from Sanders necessarily either. I just think Samuel is, is maybe the best value of any player at any position this week, and I want him in my lineups. In contrast, the wide receivers with the worst fantasy matchups this week include A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and D.K. Metcalf. For A.J. Brown, he's on that road game against the Ravens. I already mentioned the win being a potential concern here for the Titans passing game, but also the Ravens defense is a major concern. They're number uh, six in DVOA defense against number one receivers. They allow 56 yards per game to number one receivers. That's the fifth fewest in football. And a lot of this is circled around cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who has a 64% coverage success rate and allowing 5.9 yards per target. Both of those are top 10 among uh, qualified cornerbacks actually makes him a little bit better by those metrics than even the guy that, that A.J. Brown faced last week, uh, Stephon Gilmore, even though Gilmore is the one that gets a little bit more of the praise. Could be a really tough spot here for Brown. Also, the Ravens cut pass, uh, passing touchdowns by 42% per attempt. So if Brown doesn't get a lot of targets and doesn't score, it could be another rough week for him in fantasy. I would probably avoid him. I ranked him just eighth at the position this week, and he's still relatively expensive at $6,000 on DraftKings. For Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, Against the 49ers here, already mentioned that they're a top pass defense, number two overall in DVOA, but they're pretty tough across the board, top 10 in DVOA against number one receivers and against other receivers. These guys kind of fall into those buckets. The 49ers allow just 55 yards per game to number one receivers and 37 yards per game to other receivers. That's the fewest and sixth fewest in football, respectively. So a lot of factors hurting these two players. I actually have Diggs as a relative value here, whereas I have Thielen as a bad value, um, number 10 among my wide receivers, whereas he's priced at number six. But I think this is really a more question of whether Thielen is back to being the number one target on the Vikings. 
He certainly was last week, and he did fared very well against Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints. But I just don't know. It's just one game. Diggs has out-targeted Thielen all season, and I know health is a factor, but I think it's a little bit confusing. I think it probably makes more sense to just avoid both of these players, given the fact that they're playing on the road and playing in tough conditions in a tough defense. Uh, so I would probably just avoid them. But of the two, I think Diggs may be their relative value if we're putting a little bit too much stock in one Thielen performance last week. Now, DK Metcalf has a bad matchup here on the road against the Packers as well, but I don't think it's quite as bad as some of these other players. He may be somebody that I'd be willing to use. The Packers are number 15 in DVA defense against number one receivers, and I think Metcalf probably has become that, at least by that traditional standard over Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett. And the question really is, which one of those two players is going to draw Jair Alexander, the superior cornerback for the Packers? And I actually think it's Lockett. So Metcalf is a real physical problem for a lot of cornerbacks. He's six foot four and 229 pounds, very big for the position. Alexander is a more traditional size for a cornerback at five foot 10 and 196 pounds, while the Packers have another starter, Kevin King, who's six foot three and 200 pounds. To me, it makes a lot more sense to pair Alexander with the speedier and smaller Lockett and let King try to match up with Metcalf with a more similar size. And I think that's a great draw for Metcalf if that's how it ends up uh, unfolding. King has just a 51% coverage success rate this season, 51st among qualified cornerbacks, while Alexander has a 60% coverage success rate, tied for 14th best among qualified cornerbacks. So I think Metcalf draws the relatively better draw at cornerback here, and as such is the more valuable fantasy commodity than Tyler Lockett. He's the fourth most expensive wide receiver in DraftKings at $6,800, but I have him ranked fourth at the position. So even though it's kind of a bad matchup, especially with the cold weather, I think Metcalf is somebody I would consider using this week in fantasy. Okay, let's close this out talking tight ends, where the best matchups this week include Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Jimmy Graham. Kittle and Kelsey obviously don't need great matchups to be valuable players in your fantasy lineups. They and Mark Andrews, I think, are the clear standout options at the position this week. That said, I do have Kelsey as the top matchup here. He's playing at hoping it's the Texans, who were number 15 in DVA defense against tight ends, allowing 58 yards per game to the position. Kittle's playing the Vikings, who they allow a similarly high total of 51 yards per game to tight ends, but they're actually the number one DVA defense against tight ends, so they hurt them in their efficiency. And given that the 49ers are pretty rich in terms of skill talent, I think this may be a situation where they are able, in a way that a lot of other teams aren't, to shift some of their target share away from tight end Kittle and toward you know guys on the outside and the running backs can make Kittle have a relatively quiet day. Like I'm not going to get carried away here. Kittle's still my number two option um, as he's priced on DraftKings. I think he's a reasonable player to play, but I think Kelsey is the guy that I definitely want to start this week. I have him projected for almost a five-point advantage over Kittle and the rest of the players at the position, and his $6,400 on uh, price tag on DraftKings doesn't reflect that type of dominance that I expect. Meanwhile, if you have to start a tight end that's a little bit less expensive to save some money, Jimmy Graham may be a good option for you at home against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are number 17 in DVA defense against tight ends, but they allow 68 yards per game to the position. That's the third most in football. Meanwhile, if you end up with some bad weather here in Green Bay, more than just the cold, again, there still is a 15% chance of snow. I would think that would help Graham while hurting some of the deeper targets like the Marquez Valdez, Scantlings, and Alan Lazards of the world. So I think Graham is a little bit of a value here. I ranked him eighth whereas his $3,300 price tag is ninth most at the position in DraftKings. And then finally, the tight ends are the worst matchups this week. Those include John U. Smith, Kyle Rudolph, and Jacob Hollister. 
you probably weren't that eager to use Jonu Smith, uh, given that Anthony Ferkser kind of came out of nowhere to have a lot of the production for the Titans at tight end last week. But you probably shouldn't use Smith anyway, given that he's on the road against the Ravens here. They're number 10 in DVOA defense against tight ends, but more importantly, allow just 36 yards per game to the position. That's the second fewest in football. They also cut passing touchdowns more generally by 42%, making it probably tough for Smith to score here. I would probably try to avoid him, probably try to avoid Kyle Rudolph as well. Rudolph was actually en route to a pretty modest game in terms of fantasy production before he caught that touchdown on the last play of the game. I think it may be tough for him to score a touchdown against the the 49ers. They cut passing touchdowns by 12%, and they had the number two DVOA defense against tight ends, allowing just 34 yards per game to position. That's the fewest in football. So pretty tough spot for him here too, given sort of the like the lack of clarity, I guess, among how many tight ends are here in the second tier. If you're going to choose one of the non-elite options, I would probably steer clear of those guys and find somebody with a little bit better matchup this week. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and also Stitcher. Meanwhile, I'll be back next week to preview the matchups for the conference championship round of the NFL playoffs. Thank you so much, and I'll plan to talk to you guys then. 